the 438th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers, where you can win 100 times your entry in just one game. That's right, turn $5 into $500. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $500. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Download the GameTime app and create an account and use promo code CFBX for 20% off your first purchase. And finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your start month. And let's start making smarter bets today. Heidi Ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to another episode of the video era of the MMA Gambling Podcast. This will be episode 438. Oh, I did it again. <laughs> yes. I did it again. Oh. I got to hit Man. stop on it. I'm not used to having to hit stop on it. <laughs> Messing up all my intros here. He's not even allowed to talk yet, and he's talking, and he's playing music. This is episode 438. It's going out to Mrs. Gumby Vreeland, because today she turns 21 years old today, which, if you do the math... That makes, and you figure out how old their kids are. Gumby is a felon. <laughs> okay. That's all he had. Yeah, no, <laughs> she, she's not 21, but happy birthday nonetheless. And thank you for letting us record for our degens today and take care of the children. Uh, I am Jeff Chalks Fox, as it says on your screen. If you're watching us on YouTube, we got an event to talk about. It was definitely an event. Oh, I'm not in the cave anymore, as you might see. Ugly as ever, but not in the cave. So we're we're making progress. Maybe I'll shave someday, and um, and we'll uh, we'll see what's underneath this this here face of mine. Um, UFC 294, interesting event uh, to say the least. Yeah. We're going to break it all down this episode. I think uh, Nathaniel Wood actually summed it up perfectly. Uh, summed up the whole event perfectly when he said it was all dick and balls. <laughs> I didn't. Like, uh, I didn't. I didn't catch him saying it was all. Dick and balls, but uh, he did. He, he said it's a doctor, apparently. Oh, oh no, no, you're thinking of Victor Henry. Oh, right. I'm yes, I'm sorry, Victor Henry. Yes, 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 yes. Nathaniel <laughs> Wood got yeah. It, he got need in the balls of, like, too. To be like fair, said, he, he also event. yeah. He also got need. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was it was Victor Henry who said it was all dick and balls. Yes, and that was the event in a nutshell, literally and figuratively. It was pretty much all dick and balls. Yeah, it was a it was an event where I, I didn't uh, man. Some of those fights were just not fun. Uh, obviously, no. the two weird no contests, like that doctor just decided to be the main character of a pay per view card. Like I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to say about any of that. <laughs> yeah, it, I didn't have fun watching it after the fact, and I thought I was doing poor too when I was watching it. And then I, I recapped that. I'm like, Oh, I went seven, four coming went six and five. So we didn't do horrible, but it sure felt like I was doing bad. Yeah. Well, I think some of that is like, where you're like, Oh, I didn't hit a couple of winners here. I I, I think I've only yeah. won six fights and it, there were 13 of them, but like, then you get the two, no contests in there and you know, I hit a two seventy underdog and like that, that'll do it for you. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, but MMA is going to MMA sometimes. And last night or afternoon, 
or morning, wherever you were. It definitely was uh, an MMA event. How was the Discord? I just I just skimmed through it after the fact. Was it jumping still, even though it was a weird hour of the day? It was jumping. It did seem like a bloodbath for quite a few people. It felt like people weren't <laughs> yeah. weren't, uh, weren't weren't hitting as well as maybe they they have in the past uh, for for obvious reasons. And then like we got weird results too. Like you know, I was in on. Sedner Megamedoff, but at the same time, like I thought Sedner Megamedoff for sure was going to win by knockout. Like I thought that it was going to be a striking yep. match. And then sure enough, like Moeen Gafarov is just suddenly decides like, no, it'd be a great idea to stick my head on the side of Sedner Megamedoff, who, who is known to choke people. Um, so like even the results that we got that were good, I think some people had some props that made them less good. Yes. Yeah, it was uh, a good night for Fight IQ as well. Um, there was quite a few of what are you doing moments in that fight, not just uh, the officials and the judges and the referees, but also the fighters as well. I'll give a shout out to the judges. The judges were actually really good on that card. Um, I, I don't think one side... main event was a weird, was a weird 28-28 weird score, but I don't think 28-28 is a weird. I don't think it's a weird <laughs> score. I, I think I think there's a real argument that Usman won two and three and I don't know that I love the 10 8 first round um, because there wasn't a lot of damage in there. Like, there was a lot of control and he clearly dominated. Yeah. I, I guess he was close to finishing on a few of those rear naked chokes. So, like, maybe a 10 8, but I actually don't think 28 28 is that bad of a card. Okay. There you go. So, obviously, it wasn't if at least one person's able to uh, argue and say it's not. So, uh, before we jump into Gumby, which hat are we wearing today? That's going to oh, be a thing. Is, Gumby's got different this is, hats. Uh, this is the single-A Atlanta Braves are in Augusta, Georgia, and they're the green jackets. Uh, get yep. it? Golf, yeah, golf, nice. this golf reference there. Yeah. <laughs> yep, there you go. Gumby is full of cool hats, and it was mentioned. Super fan Jong noticed his hat. Last time it was the something sock puppets, right? Yeah, Burlington sock puppets. <laughs> Burlington sock puppets, right. So there you go. Gumby, bring in the heat with the hats. All right, we're going to uh, recap this event. Uh, didn't go out off without a hitch, obviously. On the scales, in the cage, fighters were allowed to fight with pre-existing conditions. It was a... Uh... Bloody, <laughs> bloody staff ass. <laughs> yeah, that, Exactly. D- diagnosis bloody ass yeah so um we'll jump all into that after i tell you about the nfl gambling podcast and the giveaway they're doing right now the nfl gambling podcast guys are doing a review contest leave an apple podcast review with your favorite touchdown related bet for this weekend actually this is probably too late we're skipping all this but still nfl gambling podcast give them a review listen to the show all that stuff okay all right, forget I said any of that before leading up to that. I'm going to tell you about Underdog Fantasy, though. They're with us. They're not going anywhere. Underdog Fantasy is a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go 5 for 5 and pick them. Scorchers, enjoy a spicy 100 times payout. And for a limited time, Underdog is extending the first deposit bonus up to 500 bucks. $100,000 Sundays continues on Underdog Fantasy. 10 lucky players will win $10,000 each. Do you have an underdog spicy play, Dan, for anything coming up? I've been leaning on uh, in the MLB playoffs. I've been leaning on Bryce Harper over or a higher than half a run. Uh, It seems like such a an obvious play because the people behind him are hitting so well. Like Alec Bohm is weirdly hitting well, and so is JT Romuto. Um, So he's just on base for those guys all the time. Plus, he stole home the other night. Uh, Over half of a run has been uh, my, my my lean to on Bryce Harper. 
And Dan is a noted uh, Philadelphia Phillies fan, so take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> but I'm saying higher, higher than game. higher than on a Bryce yeah. Harper though means it must yeah. be really good because it pains me to put exactly. it in every time. <laughs> it's true. All right, so watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over an Underdogs mobile app or website underdogfantasy.com. And the NBA is kicking off soon. I will be having Underdog daily Underdog NBA picks on the site sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So that tips off on Tuesday. So. You got that too. Uh, when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Unlog will double your first deposit up to 500 bucks. That's Unlog Fantasy promo code SGPN. Now back to the show. All right. <clears throat> UFC 294, Etihad Arena, Abu Dhabi, UAE. The announcers were, or at least Daniel Carme, Carmier, were um, sure to tell you how amazing it is over there. Um, they really play it up. All right. Main event. I had the winner. Did not have the uh, the actual result predicted. Who would have predicted Islam Makhachev would head kick knockout uh, Alexander Volkanovsky? Head kick and punches 306 into the first round, leaving little doubt who um, who's the winner of of their their rivalry. He's uh, up two nothing now. I had Makhachev minus two fifty. Gummy had Volkanovsky plus two thirty. Volkanovsky says he had had a lot of trouble pulling the trigger, which usually happens to uh, to older fighters, but also it could be uh, an issue with him only having two weeks notice on this. Yeah, probably a little bit of both of those. I don't think that's necessarily an excuse that we can, like, hang our hat on. Like, I I thought he'd be better than that. The biggest issue for me was it didn't seem like he could find the range. On the couple of things he did throw, he was real short on it, um, which is the opposite of what happened last time. And maybe that's, you know, maybe, you know, you could say chicken or the egg thing with the couldn't pull the trigger because he was like, you know, if you can't pull the trigger, obviously when you do, sometimes it's when you're too far away or too late or whatever like that. But that was the most yeah. disappointing thing for me is he just like, it felt like he couldn't get in there um, and land anything. And then, you know, obviously that opens you up to kicks because you're at distance. Um, props to Makhachev. I said before, if there was a fighter who would be more willing or more likely to come up with and have a new wrinkle in his game, it would definitely be a Volkanovsky. And here's Makashev with a gnarly head kick. Um, I, I mean, not that he's never yep. thrown a, a head kick, but like seemed way better than it had been in the past. So like, you know, props to him for for seemingly developing a new part of his game. Um, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. That, do, you, do you feel like he's more dangerous now after having watched that? Do you think he's, you know, infinitely better than he was before? Do you do you discount it because of Volkanovski? How, how do you like rate the, that kind of performance? with all the variables it's yeah it is difficult obviously um but it definitely makes him it gives his opponent something else to think about for sure it's this guy yeah. head kick knocking out people it makes me like even more confident that he'd be justin gaethje because kind of the whole thing yeah. for me like i was already gonna pick him if gaethje is next because some people seem to think gaethje's next if gaethje is next and that's what they wind up doing you know, like, I wasn't going to give Gaethje much chance. I'd pull the trigger on, on Makashev inside the negative 200s. But if you got me up into the threes or something like that, I might think about Gaethje as a value, a value play. But, like, now that Gaethje's going to have to deal with some striking, too, like, even in the threes, I'm maybe not loving Gaethje as much. Yep, that's true. Gaethje does think he is next. So whether that is the case or not, you would think he probably would be. He's, like, the biggest name. Um, and... And they could make an argument that that he's he's deserving of next. So I, I would guess that would probably be next for uh, Makashev. But as uh, as you were referring to, it's hard to take a lot out of this fight. It was it was quick. Obviously, it was what three minutes or whatever. Um, and Volkanovski obviously was not at 
100% randomness. Uh, not to not to mention yet he, he had a cut what 20 plus pounds over two weeks too. So who knows what that did to his his brain and his chin. So obviously not making excuses here. I, I had Makachev picked, but that, that was part of the reason why I had him picked here is because of the uh, short notice aspect uh, of this all. So um, so we, Islam, do we want to see Gaethje next for him, or, or do you think someone else is more worthy? I mean, I always, I mean, the, the honest answer is, is it Charles Oliveira more worthy? We, we, he was supposed to get this shot, right? Like, uh, ultimately like that cut shouldn't take his worthiness away from an, uh, entertainment standpoint. I, I prefer Gaethje as a fight. It's a fresh fight. It's, um, he at least brings like a different part of his game, right? Like his Gaethje's way more dangerous on the feet than, than Oliveira is. And like, I don't think anybody thinks Charlie Olives is going to like catch Makashev with a submission. So, you know, like it's a, it's a more intriguing matchup to me. It's a bigger name. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it that make it a lot more fun, but uh, yeah, either of those two, I I mean, like either one works. Yeah. So if you, if you pull out of a fight, Dan, regardless of reason, UFC is not going to smile too kindly on you. No. And it's already it's already uh, springing up in Dana White's comments about not just Oliveira, but uh, Drake's duplicis. Um, you know, whether you have a legit reason or not, they expect you to show up. So, Yeah, he's not too happy with Drake's, it seems. No. Uh, which is which no. may be a story for a different day. But like, yeah, he doesn't yep. he doesn't seem to like that guy. <laughs> if, if you have a bloody, bloody ass, you better show up if you have... Uh, <laughs> If you have skin hanging off your face, and I think he's, I think he claimed to have staph infection too. So yeah, it was a, it was a good, a good night all around for a UFC event, which is uh, regulated by them. The UFC were in charge of everything last night. So any complaints about anything that went down last night, you can talk to the UFC about it. Um, all right, co-main event comes up. Shamayev came out looking amazing in the first round, which as per usual uh, against Kamaru Usman, took him down and just basically laid on top of him right not really ragdolled him but uh had his way taking him down won that round and then after that it got a little um obviously more more tightly contested and a little bit more um disputed as to who won which round but in the end Shamayev won the official decision 29 27 29 27 28 28 um did we learn anything about him i don't know um I had him at minus two seventy five, so I learned that I won money off it. But um, regardless, we already knew he was a, a relentless pressure grab uh, wrestler. I guess we learned that he could take down a guy who who uh, supposedly is an elite uh, wrestler himself in Kamaru Usman. So that was that was impressive. But he, he's got the same holes as always. The, the gas tank is an issue, um, and the striking obviously is still an issue. Uh, he's really he's really so. not a he's really not a good boxer at, at no. all. Um, and I, mean, I think I. I think I said that when we were breaking it down, right? Like I picked Usman and I picked Usman for what happened in the second and third round. Usman won two out of three judges scorecards in both the second and the third round. Um, if, if you got all the judges together and they had to agree who won the second and who won the third, Usman won both of those. And I tend to agree like those takedowns at the end of the round in both of them, Kamza didn't do anything with them. Uh, and, and before that he was losing the striking battle. So, uh, you know, Usman outboxed him. I will say, I still think the 10-8 round of the first is warranted. It was really, really close. But, man, dude, he was he was in on his neck so many times. Um, I, I don't know if we learned something about Kamza with those choke attempts or if we learned something about Usman because it, it felt like being on somebody's back for that long and being like a well highly touted grappler feels like he should have had a submission at some point in time. So either... 
Kamzat's jujitsu is not as good as we thought it was, or Usman has like elite defense. I've never yeah. really seen anybody threaten Usman with jujitsu before. So like I'm trying to think back to like who's been in like a good grappling position against Usman ever. And and I can't come up with anybody off the top of my head. So like maybe he does just have elite grappling defense, but it, it, it um it didn't bode well for for Kamza, I would say. Do you think no and I saw a couple of people who I respect on Twitter posting about this. Do you think this is good enough for Gamzat to get a title shot? Yeah. Uh, personally, I don't think he is good enough for a title shot, but I think um, the UFC can, can make the argument. Yes. Yeah. I think he, he beat Strickland is the, the funniest part. It's like, <laughs> yeah. If, if, if he goes up the middleweight, definitely. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, if he goes down, yes. Uh, to welterweight middleweight. No, no, yeah. No, no. Uh, stay, stays at middleweight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'm thinking Adesanya is the champ still, but no, Adesanya is uh, is taking a break. Uh, I was thinking Adesanya would, would piece him up, which he probably would. But yeah, Strickland, yeah, he, he could beat Strickland for sure. Yeah, I, I think he could beat him. I think he could sub him. Um, I, I actually saw early odds in that. Do you want to play the guess the odds game? What, what do you think the, um, the books had? That This was like an early post. So I don't know if they've moved since. But what do you think the books had post on Kamzat versus Sean Strickland? Kamzat minus 125. Kamzat minus 300. Ooh. And it had Strickland at like 250. Um, Would I play that? Hmm. Would you? I, so here's the thing that is interesting about it. Because again, like I said, I, I think I'd take Kamzat. Because I think if yeah. he can take Usman down and take his back and like chill on his back for that long, like yeah. I think he'd find the sub against Strickland, right? Like I don't think Strickland's uh, jujitsu defense is that good. Unless, like I said, maybe Kamzat's jujitsu offense is just trash. But. I think it's probably the former more than the latter. And if that's the case, I, I would pick Kamzat. But after the first round, if he had trouble with the fa- with like his gas and his cardio in a three-round fight with Usman on two weeks' notice, dude, Strickland would eat that for lunch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like straight in the, the other thing is Usman wasn't even really pressuring in that second round. When when it looked like Kamzat was fading, yeah. it's not like he was getting after it. He was also just a, a you know, enjoying the break, outstriking him by a little bit, cracking him once or twice just to make sure we know who who wins yeah. the round. And, uh, and, you know, Strickland wouldn't be that. Strickland would be on top of that dude nonstop for 25 minutes. And I, I don't know if he could handle that. And, and there's all the qualifiers in this fight as there were in the fight we just discussed. Uh, Usman stepping in, short notice. Um, and then there, there's added things, obviously moving up a weight class for the first time ever. And, you know, he's a older fighter at this point, a lot of wear and tear on his, on his body. So I think he should stay at 85. That's my hot take out of this. Why not? Yeah. Cause like he, he drew on one judges scorecard with Kamza, who's like, we're saying probably the favorite to be champ sometime in 2024. And it's not like there are a whole bunch of like easy matchups for him to get back on track at 170, especially as he's aging, right? He's getting older. So like, I mean, like he doesn't want a third one with Colby. Uh, third one with Leon Edwards seems unlikely. So there are your two title chances right there. Um, he's left like rooting for Colby Covington in that title fight so that he's relevant in the title picture again. And then like, I don't know. I don't think matchups with guys like Sean Brady and Bilal Muhammad are all that like, you know, Shavkat, Rachmanov are all that like tempting. Whereas he could stay at 85 and he could fight like, I don't know, Brendan Allen has a, a main event coming up. You know, like he could fight yep. the Brendan Allens of the world and the Roman Delizes. And like, 
I think he could beat those guys. Yep. 36, three-fight losing streak. Uh, probably, well, he's got the name, so I was going to say he's probably not sniffing the title shots anytime soon, but maybe he is. So, yeah, if, uh, if it's a quicker and easier route for him at middleweight, then by all means, um, if, it's, if it's better for his body as well. Then by all means, stick up at middleweight. Uh, cutting weight gets harder as you get older as well. So, And then the nonsense starts with the next mm-hmm. fight, light heavyweight. Uh, no one won. Dan had Agalab. I had Johnny Walker. Neither of us won. It was an illegal knee, no contest. Three thirteen in the first round. Walker Walker was the recipient of the illegal knee. Uh, was pretty much good to go, but he didn't understand what the judges or, or the doctor, I guess, was was asking him. And they waved off the fight. He thought the fight was still on. Um, so maybe his, his actions after the fact um, proved that he really wasn't uh, in in uh, good mental shape. To actually continue the fight but that's um, just johnny <laughs> exactly it's true johnny walker the uh doctor asked him what country he's in he said he was in the desert which is true that's, that's a fine answer by the way also shout out to our guy jack in the discord who right after that posted what country is abu dhabi in yeah exactly and then just like it was radio <laughs> silent in there I'm like like yep. we're not winning any geography bees in the mma gambling discord <laughs> so yep. radio silent in there nobody answered and yep. he goes see <laughs> yeah exactly yeah there's not not nothing really to say about this fight i'm sure they'll run it back soon um but yeah it was just uh incompetent uh officiating uh dana white mentioned that the doctor was inexperienced but guess who was responsible for all, all the <laughs> officials last night. Dana White was responsible can, for Can I tell you one takeaway from that fight? Is yep. that Magomed and Goliath's never getting another title shot ever oh, again. Oh, so wacky. <laughs> all his fights are so wacky. Poor guy. Like, they were so pissed off after he drew with Jan Blankovic. Yep. And, and, like, some of that wasn't even his fault. I mean, like, he could have pressed forward. He could have done more here or there or whatever. Like, he could have gone for it, sure. But, like, it's not his fault that nobody won that fight. Um, yeah. And then Dana White was pissed about that. Wouldn't give him the shot again. Books him with Johnny Walker in seemingly like a punishment fight, right? Because it's like a well, it's a lose-lose situation. You're fighting a guy who's ranked way below you right after having a title shot. So either you lose to a guy ranked way below you or you beat a guy who like you should be. So like they book him in this lose-lose fight. And what does he do? Blatant knee to the head. Also, can we just – can we – can somebody write down what makes a, a knee intentional or not? Because, like, he was down on a knee for, like, a sound 10 seconds. And then he throws a knee to the head. And they're like, hmm, hell of an accident. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no kidding. It was a a night of fouls, let me tell you. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And non-fouls, as we'll talk about in a few fights. And, yeah, fouls and fouls not called. It was, yeah, which luckily we had uh, Daniel Cormier to steer the ship for us. And and help us throw out all these rules that he would know because he was UFC champion and we don't know about. He didn't know that pulling your hair was illegal. He talked about it for a whole round. Are we sure it's in the rules? Are we sure? Because it might not be in the And then after doing that for a whole round, he was like, I I was joking, guys. Uh, I see all of your posts on Twitter. Uh, I'm taking a lot of heat for this. I was obviously joking. It's like, dude, you just talked about it for four minutes. Yeah. (laughs) You weren't obviously anything. Uh, Yeah. It was the, he's been watching too much UFC one, I believe. And uh, he he doesn't know about these new rules. He wondered why they were stopping after groin strikes too, probably. Right. (laughs) I mean, he. He seemed perplexed in a lot of moments. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. And you know what, you know what this does, you know, you know, usually after a fight we say, yo, you know what our big takeaways are is this and that. I think this says more about 
Joe Rogan, perhaps, because Joe Rogan <laughs> either has influence on him from across the world, or maybe Joe Rogan hasn't been influencing him as much as we thought, and he's just that dumb. <laughs> he does have a massive reach. That's why Spotify is is paying him so much. So who's to say, right? Who's to say? You know who else has a massive reach? Game time has a massive massive reach if you want to buy tickets, last minute tickets. They they play up the last minute thing, but you can buy tickets from them anytime. You don't have to wait till the last minute if you don't want to because they have killer deals regardless of when you uh, browse their, their app and, and buy some tickets because game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more, a.k.a. us, MMA. We're always thrown in the more bucket, but that's okay. We're used to it. The game time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. By my math, that means you make money off of that deal. Uh, so snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines, not limes. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay ID in the Hall of Fame Bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Moving along, we did get a result and a result we wanted in the next fight. Middleweights, Ikram Aliskarov versus Warley Albaz. This basically was a replay of Aliskarov's UFC debut. Um, him getting caught with shots, him kind of stumbling around, looking like he's in trouble. Uh, maybe that's just his style. Uh, but And then he comes through. Uh, first, it was the jab, which basically was the beginning of the end for Phil Haas in their debut fight. Uh, it was the beginning of the end for Warley Albaz. Uh, hurt him with the jab, then ended up TK owing him with knees and punches 207 in the first round. It's a kind of a wild ride, though, uh, following along with Aliskarov, because, like I said, he always looks like he's he's in trouble at some sort. Maybe he's just clumsy on his feet. I don't know. Maybe Gummy has some insight into this. Yeah, I, I don't really have much insight into this. This is like a fight he should have squashed Alves, because yeah. Alves comes up late, you know, just like we just talked about. He's been doing it on short notice, and also, like, against a highly touted prospect versus, like, you know, like the, the the other fights, it was like people who we think of as generally being on this game, same skill plane. Um, we don't hear, um, you know, he won quick. I, I do worry about his striking defense. It does seem to be his biggest flaw, but I, I don't think we will know more until we see him fight somebody. No. And we're probably going to shy away from him with big lines if he does fight someone better um, going forward, which you would think he would. He was at minus 599 last night. Hit that. We hit Syed Nurmagomedov at a line that we we thought was uh, was actually a pretty good line for this fight. He was at minus 218 against Muin Gafarov. He submitted him guillotine choke, 113 into the first round. It was, um, hopefully that fight was uh, loser shaves their back fight, right? <laughs> a lot of back hair in that fight. A lot of back hair. Yeah. Um, I, this is my lock of the week too, by the way. Side uh, makes yes. perfect sense. I mean, that's a 
the juicy line. I don't know what it is people love about Muin Gafarov. We've now seen him fight three times, and I don't know why he would be that close to... I, I mean, I guess Sayyidina Megamedov is coming off that loss against Jonathan Martinez, but, like, Jonathan Martinez just beat the hell out of Adrian yeah. Inez. So, like, it's not he's like... Aging well, yep. Yeah, he, he's, you know, Jonathan Martinez is a tough out. So, like, that's a... You know, like that, that was a wild line because Muin Gafarov, I, I mean, he got beat on contender series by Chad and Helliger, um, and, and like got taken down yes. a bunch. And like, it was, yes. it, I mean, it wasn't a good fight. Um, he still found his way into the UFC and now is 0 2. So for him to have that close of a line against Saeed was crazy. And he did, you know, almost what I thought. Like I said, I, I thought he was going to just get pieced up on the feet and do something stupid and get hit with a punch. Instead, he got pieced up in the grappling when he did something stupid and got caught with a choke. Yep. Chad and Helliker is is one of your whipping boys now. He's always catching catching is, straight. Is, is has he fought in the UFC? I feel like <laughs> I feel like they signed yeah. him off a contender series and he has not fought. <laughs> I think he has. Um, I'll put, I'll put the fired anyone yet. You, um, I'll fire are firing, off. Are we firing Gafferoff? Yeah, probably. He's looked really not good. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's 0 2. Are we firing all of that or is he safe because he took it on short notice? He's 0 3 now, 1 and 4. Safe for taking it on short notice and going up a weight class. No, that's true. Okay, fine. We don't want to just just to be clear, we don't want to fire people. We just have to. It's our jobs here. All right. So that was the main card. Um, this is where I made my hay. Because earlier in the night, Gumby, you pulled ahead of me in the overall um return on investment for the year. You were ahead of me slightly, and then and then you finish off with some dumb picks, and I I pulled ahead. So ha, so you're ha, only ha. up a, a smidgen, then, huh? Yes, a smidge, okay. exactly. I went four and zero on the main card um, because uh, with the one push, you went two and two. So like I said, this is where I made my hay. Uh, next fight, good fight. Kind of kind of went the way we hoped, but uh, Tim Elliott couldn't end up pulling it out in the end. Uh, Mohammed Mukayev, that lovable Mohammed Mukayev, came through um, submitting. Tim Elliott with an arm triangle choke, 303 into the third round. A lot of threes there, Dan. Third round, 303. Um, should have waited another 30 seconds to submit him, but nonetheless. Um, impressive win. I don't know if it was an impressive performance per se, but uh, it, it's impressive to be able to submit Tim Elliott because he is a tough old guy. True. Um, I, I uh, First of all, Chad, uh, Chad and Hilliger has fought twice in the UFC. Uh, he beat Jesse Strader and lost <laughs> to a high... So lost to Haile Alatang and will be fighting Jose Johnson uh, next month. So uh, working oh, on three, wait. working on three fights and wildly, uh, wildly <laughs> unremarkable. Um, and uh, yeah, no, Mokayev, like really good submission win. Um, it's yeah. clear he's dangerous all the time, right? Like that's the thing about him. First round dangerous, third round maybe even more dangerous, especially as you know me, dangerous. Right. Torn apart knee, dangerous. <laughs> I would say this, though. Like, <clears throat> I, I saw so many takes, and I even posted about this on Twitter. It's like I saw so many takes of people saying, oh, flyweight's got a problem on their hands. And it's like, I, I get that he's dangerous, but, like, is he a problem for flyweight? Like, he... Not yet. He was... Tw- Maybe he, someday. He, he was less than two minutes away from losing to Tim Elliott. Because he was down on the scorecards. I don't know if you saw that. Like... Two different judges had it. No, 20, I, didn't, I didn't see it. No, two judges had it 2018 Tim Elliott, and one judge had it 1919. So, if he does not finish that fight right there and it winds up yep. going another two minutes, Tim Elliott takes a decision and hands him his first loss. So, like, again, good for him for winning, 
like great win, like you said, getting a submission, being dangerous, all great. But I don't know that he's a problem there. I wouldn't take him over any of the guys in the top five. I wouldn't take him over Manel Cape. I wouldn't take him over Matthews Nicolau, who are outside of the top five. Like, I think he's a top 10 guy, but I think he has massive holes. Um, yes. I mean, like yes. Tim Elliott out-wrestled him to start the fight. He took him down with a double leg and was on top right off the bat. So, like, for this yeah. guy who is, like, this dangerous wrestler and this, like, world-class wrestler, like, I mean, like, he needed his gas tank to be his best weapon. Yep. Um, to The flip side of that, he is only 23, so that is a positive. And Bro, he has yeah. a... Obviously, an elite um, base skill to to build off of, which is is uh, is amazing wrestling. Not to mention, obviously, he's got the toughness and uh, the willingness to to pull fights, uh, yank them out of the L column and, and put him into the W column last minute because he's done it two two rounds, two fights, excuse me, in a row, fights that shouldn't have been as close as they were, which is which is the concern there. Once once you start fighting more difficult competition, you can't wait till the last minute to to win fights. So. We shall see, but could be a good fade up. We already, well, actually, we already faded him last I mean, night. I, but, I think uh, I faded him a hundred times, like at this point. And like, yeah, I would still play Tim Elliott. Like, if they rematch this a month from now, I bet Tim Elliott three fifty again. Like, there I you go. So that that shows who who impressed and who did not impress right there. Tim Elliott is always fun and impressive. <laughs> he is. So is Trevor Peak. He seems to be refining his game a little bit too, eh? He threw. He still threw stand, standing hammer fist. He did. He did. <laughs> that, that, he's he he kept all the good, but he seems to be getting a little more. He's less of a street brawler and more of an uh, MMA fighter now. It seems. Uh, and put all of his skills were on display last night or last afternoon uh, against Muhammad Yaya. He took care of him 29, 28, 30, 27, 30, 27. Uh, Peak was my lock. He also was my uh, prop, which was via knockout, which sadly did not happen because he decided to grapple a bit, which was making me angry, but it was effective nonetheless. Yeah, like I said, he, he's looking good. He's, he's like I said, he's not, he, he's always going to be a fun fighter to watch. Uh, probably isn't, doesn't project to be elite of the elite, but, uh, you know, he's adding new wrinkles to his game, which is good to see. Yeah, that's a tough weight class to be an elite guy too, right? Like lightweight. Yeah, you're not, you're not jumping up that rankings when you like still have growth when you're, you know, what is he, 27 or something like that? Like if, if you're still yeah. growing at 27 and you're not already like elite, it's a hard division to crack into. Um, But yeah, like it, it's nice to see him developing other parts of his game. It's funny that he throws more hammer fist standing than he does on the mat. Uh, yep. <laughs> like he, spent <laughs> yep. five, he spent five minutes of top control through no hammer fists. And somehow <laughs> we got like four or five of them in the fight anyway. So uh, yep. appreciate that about him. And also it, it's kind of what I said about Yaya when we broke it down on uh, Wednesday is like he, he's a good counter striker, but like he backs up too much and he clearly doesn't have the gas tank for 15 minutes. Like he needs to go in there and start somebody or have them play patty cake with him. Uh, and Trevor peak just doesn't do that. Tre Trevor peak gets after even when Trevor peaks more reserved, he's still getting after it. Do you think Yaha has a future at all? Or is he going to be like two in two fights or three fights and he's gone? I, he, I could be totally wrong about this. He strikes me as the type of guy that the UFC signed because they were going to the UAE and they've never had a UAE fighter before. By the way, that's where Abu Dhabi is. Yeah. It's in the UAE. <laughs> United Arab um, Emirates. Yes. Yes. Uh, he's the first Emirati, which is what somebody from the UAE is called. Oh, yeah. He's the first Emirati uh, in the UFC. If he feels like one of those guys they signed because they're going somewhere and then they just sort of like forget he's on the roster. And then like either the next time they're in UAE, like sometime in next October, he gets booked for a fight. 
or he doesn't get booked for a fight then and just like melts off the roster and we see him in ACB at some point in time. Yeah. Could be the case. We shall see. Uh, another fun fight. <laughs> this one should have been an easy win for us. It was not. Javi Basharat, Victor Henry ended with no contest, accidental groin kick. One of the worst groin kicks you're ever going to see. Um, all you people in Discord claiming Victor Henry was faking. Come on. He was, he was vomiting after and had a testicular MRI. So I, I don't <laughs> think you're going to fake that much. I, I th- think once you get, uh, it's like pro wrestling, once you get behind the curtain, you're like, okay, you're all right. I think once they start uh, poking around in testicular MRIs, you're you're probably not faking at that point. Yeah, I, I think he got hit, clearly. <laughs> I, I think the way that yeah. he fell to start was maybe a little dramatic. Looking. Like, go back and watch it. It's really funny. Um, <laughs> not that getting hit in the groin is funny, but, like, the way he, like, flops forward at it, it's, like, so – it's, like, a real good time. So uh, my wife was like, what happened to him? <laughs> and I was like, he got She wouldn't kicked. understand. He, he got kicked in the balls. Like, I don't know what to tell Um, I think he definitely got kicked. Could he have been laying it on thick early on? Maybe, maybe not. There's no real way to know. But you know what my favorite part of all of this is? There is a Twitter battle going on right now between Josh Barnett, who's the coach of Victor Henry, if you didn't already know. Okay. Um, okay. Josh Barnett and Javid Basharat. And it's not – the argument is not that he was laying it on thick or he was looking for a way to quit. The argument is straight up that Javid Basharat does not believe he was ever hitting the balls. Like he thinks oh, he yeah. just – like, he thinks he just quit um, and pretended to get hit in the balls, which, by the way, is what the doctor thought. But uh, but yes. Uh. But at the same time, like, I would get if he was getting the absolute crap kicked out of him, right? Like, if he was getting yeah. dominated, like, maybe you have a leg to stand on. Like, he's, he's looking for a way out. And I, again, I don't think he was. I think he actually got kicked really hard. He wanted his payday. He was in a reasonable fight. So, like, why not keep fighting if you are okay? So, like, it, but if he was getting the crowd kicked out of him, yes, you could say, like, maybe he's looking for a way out. He wasn't, like, notably losing that fight. Like, I think he maybe was losing, but it, like, wasn't like he was out of that fight. Um, So, like, the, the argument that he was faking it all together and needed a way out and he was being a cat, like, why? Like, he signed up for the fight in the first place. It's like, it's a real bizarre uh, claim there by by Javid Basharat. He's maybe showing a little bit of the, the I train with Jake's shield side of him. <laughs> Yikes. Um, you also said a leg to stand on, which is funny. I, I, I know it wasn't intentional, but that's a good pun there. Um, yeah. I, how many times can we really say that a fighter look for a way out as everyone claims all the like fans and opponents everyone always is claiming fighters are trying to get out of fights but really maybe on one hand in yeah, decades I, of watching it we can I, say that guy quit on purpose i mean i can think of a couple right like we, we saw i mean it yeah looked but that's, like Al, it. that's the thing it looked like aljamain sterling was laying it on thick that's part of why everybody hates him i i still buy that <laughs> yeah. that's a reasonable explanation the um alexander romanoff fight against juan espino went into the third round clear we had no gas got hit in the balls ass or maybe did he get i i can't remember what it was but like he was looking for a way out there are ones where they're looking for a way out but all of them are when the tide has been turned in the fight and they're like in trouble and they're like a a dq or no contest here is my best bet that clearly wasn't the case for victor like he wasn't listless in there yeah and it's it's an exception not the rule also you mentioned a couple and you know it's been decades of in this sport, but 
uh, Daniel Cormier probably doesn't, like I said, probably doesn't realize you're not allowed to do that anyhow. So he's wondering what all the fuss is about. Should have been a TKO, TKO ball kick. Um, yeah, you said Juan Espino. Whatever happened to Juan Espino? I miss that he, guy. He almost feels like a Mohamed Yaya guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, he was they liked, they liked that they had the Spanish market. They liked that yep. they had a 50-year-old uh, Ultimate Fighter winner. And he, <laughs> he was there for a minute. And now we just kind of forget he's there until somebody says his name. A Mike Tyson punch out character come to life and he's gone already, sadly. Um, all right. Middleweights, Cedricus Dumas made me look smart. Uh, Help me get a leg up on Gumby here. He beat Abu Azatar, Mr. Potato Head himself. Uh, decision 29 28 across the board, uses length. Um, both guys had their moments. They both uh, had, uh, I think, Azatar, Azatar um, has more striking power. Like it was. Uh, it was more more peril when he was uh, when he was uh, hitting Dumas, but Dumas's length and uh, and youth probably um, helped him come through later in the fight. And lack of ring rust, ring rust like Captain Morocco has, so uh, Dumas came through for me. The Reaper um, had the victory at minus two twenty five. Yeah, Zaitar has about thirty seconds of cardio in him. That's it. Like he's and and I said that I did think that like he needed an early knockout. I thought he'd find it. Um, cause I think Dumas is hittable, but he did seem like he got better, right? Dumas uh, using his jab more. He actually looked like he stunned a Zaitar a couple of times with his jab. So, um, I stand by my comment in the discord though, that either of these guys would lose to Therese Finney, who was cage side for the Trevor peak fight. Yes. Our boy. He's, he's our new, uh, our new, um, project. He's our, Therese, he's our martyr. He, he's our martyr yes, because it's true. Because we got jo- because we got Josephine uh, Newton, in- <laughs> Newton into yep. the UFC, we couldn't complain about her not getting into the UFC anymore. So we had to find a new pet project. It's true. We had to sacrifice uh, Therese Finney to get Josephine Newton in, if that makes sense. Is is Captain Morocco, uh, but the buddies with the king or wh- whoever, whatever they have ruling party in Morocco, is he going to get another chance now? I don't think so. I mean, like. No. Probably you know, not. violated the UFC's rules, had been fired for that already, lost to Marc-Andre Barrio and Cedricus Dumas back-to-back and only fights, like, once a year. Like, yeah. why why keep that dude on the roster? Like, I, I don't know. I'd, yeah. I'd fire him. Yep. Um, Dumas, thoughts on him going forward? Any interest he, in him at middleweight? He seems to be progressing. Uh, it, yeah. it, it's nice that he fights in the shittiest division in the UFC. <laughs> um, yeah, that helps. Like, that doesn't hurt. Um I, I don't, you know, like his, his thing coming up was that he had some kind of like untouchable power where he one touch knockout at everybody. Uh, he won in contender series with like a 30 second submission. I, I mean, like he doesn't seem like that guy anymore. Um, like now that he's fighting like real competition. So yeah. I, I don't know what the ceiling is. Maybe he is progressing a little bit. Like I said, the jab looked better in this one. It seemed that sting in there you know, he's looking like he's using his length a little bit more. So maybe he's developing. And so we can give him some hope on that. And he uh, persevered, even though his hair was getting grabbed multiple times. Uh, <laughs> not a foul. Zaytar w- w- was grabbing him by the hair and punching him. And Cormier was wondering if you're allowed to do that or not. So Cormier has been bald his whole career though, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Although he's like, <laughs> he was, he, four minutes he went on about that. <laughs> yes. I get it. He, he's a nice guy. I get it. He's, you know, he's personable and stuff, but come on. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Just give him the rule. Like the unified rules aren't long. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a couple pages, I think. It's or like 10 like pages, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so that was that. Oh, uh, we had to have weight misses too. We couldn't just, everything that could have basically gone wrong 
went wrong. We have fighters pulling out a couple weeks before the event. We have fighter, two fighters missing weight. We had all the fouls in the fights. I guess the judges that were the only ones who really held their end of the bargain up here. Uh, Mike Breeden came in super overweight, 159 and a half. So I'm like, oh, he's getting cut for sure. He's never won in the UFC. He's getting destroyed by Angela Jubilee, who looked really good on the feet for the first two rounds. And this is a strange, it, it, it was funny, but it also made me angry because we were in on Jubilee. Breeden came out in the third round and started barking, no, barking like a dog. <laughs> and Jubilee didn't know what to do. And he froze and did nothing scared. the whole round. He looked scared at the barking. Yes, he didn't. I, I guess they're, they're probably uh, crazy street dogs in India, right? Roaming the streets. But I, I don't... regardless, he got himself knocked out three minutes into the third round. He did nothing in third. It was like a deer in headlights, as the expression goes. Um, a, or a deer getting barked at, perhaps. Um, he froze and did, not, did nothing and got himself pieced up and then knocked out. I thought I, he was going to survive, and I'd, I'd be like, oh, what an idiot. You almost lost the fight. But no, you did lose the fight. I spent more time than I've ever thought I would debating with myself on whether or not he was out of gas or scared of being barked at. And that he is... showed no signs of being out of gas up to that I, point. So yeah, well, and, and, and here's the other thing I will say, because this is definitely the low IQ fight of the night. Um, <laughs> because Jubilee, and we said this, breaking it down, he's a really exceptional wrestler. Yeah. Like, he's a very good wrestler. He did not try to wrestle a guy who came in overweight, has had trouble with wrestlers before, and has had trouble with gas before. So why not take a wrestling game to him, burn him out, which he, it, it seemingly would have been easy, neutralize any of his striking, and put him in the place where he's had the most issues. And instead, he sat and kickboxed. And to your point, his kickboxing looks better. But, like, why prove that point? Like, what is the point of trying to kickbox with a guy who only wants to stand in front of you and kickbox? Um, yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I mean, really low I fight IQ from Jubilee. Um, and, of course, uh, being scared of a guy barking at you is probably not a good <laughs> sign in your MMA career. <laughs> D yeah, uh, D DMX should have uh, been a uh, <laughs> MMA fighter. Who, who knew it was that easy? Um, just to, God. So I guess we get more Mike Breeden. I, as you said in the Discord, we get what three more Mike Breeden fights. I think now. we get three more <laughs> Mike Breeden fights. The dude is one in four in the UFC. He's got yep. more lives than Daniel D uh, Lacerda at this point in time. Yep. Which is just but, who knew? But he was acting like a Diaz brother. So there you go. That's, did you hear uh, what he? Did you hear what he said in the post fight interview? I know you don't listen. Of course to I didn't. Um, of course I didn't. He, did he, he said woof 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 woof. No, woof, but he woof. did say that uh, those first four fights were like bad breaks, and he feels like he could be champion. He <laughs> <laughs> bad breaks. Uh they definitely were, were bad breaks. You got TKO in all of them. Uh but yeah. Uh or not TKO in your last one. Oh uh, yeah, that was it was a wild, wild fight. These things I these things don't I want to say these, these things don't, they don't even happen anyway, in they ever. don't. They don't happen in any don't, sport. Don't get <laughs> and Braden probably shouldn't have been in the fight because he had a nasty wound above his eye heading into it, which got opened up right away. And I think he might have claimed he has some staph infection left also on him. Sure, perfect. So Good job, UFC. Once again, UFC, we're regulating this event. So all, all our complaints. Speaking, speaking <laughs> of staff infections. <laughs> yeah. Featherweight fight. This one, actually, at least it played out for Gumby. Gumby's been in, in on a couple of cheaters recently that have uh, come through over me. Mohamed Naimov, you dirty cheater. I think Gumby and him planned this when he was on Gumby's podcast last week, Top Turtle Podcast. They planned on all the fouling he would do. Um, Gumby told him. Just keep fouling because they'll never take a point away. And it's true. He took care of Nathaniel Wood, 29, 28 across the board. He two groin, groin strikes that were officially uh, reg registered with, with the uh, hapless 
referee, a spinning back kick that looked like it went low, which was not a fence grab, which was not one, one and, fence grab, uh, one fence. Grab? Yeah, that's true. A couple a couple of fence grabs that, that were not, that did not register with the referee. And then a, uh, at the end when Wood was, was a pouring it on uh, some glove grabs that the ref actually had to break up. So that's a lot of fouls, no point taken. Um, good job. UFC. Yeah, I mean, like, you can say what you want about the referee sucking, and he should have probably taken four points. Uh, but, like, again, I, and I said this earlier in the show, judges got the call right for what they were given, which was a fight yeah. where Nymoff looked just a little bit better than Wood. Also, like, I I know he did do all of those, you know, poor things. Um <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the glove grabs at the end, which might have saved him from being TKO'd, did any of them like? Do, do you think any of them like wildly changed the fight? Um, Fence grabs always do. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess, I guess, just in my opinion, it like, could. yeah, like I, I don't know that Wood would have held him down for any significant amount of time. I, I guess we'll never know. So, like, me just yep. speculating that is is kind of maybe. Uh, uh, irresponsible, but yeah, like I, I just kind of thought he looked better than Wood in a lot of places, and of course, obviously the fouls may have contributed to that, but I think he just <laughs> may have. Hey, I'll take the plus two seventy and walk home with it. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. Plus, um, you, fence grabs stop takedowns, which if you ask uh, UFC commentators, takedowns can steal rounds, Dan. So Wood could have stole all those rounds with a quick takedown. Ask UFC commentator. Uh, <laughs> exactly especially like with 10 seconds that they're my favorite ones 10 seconds left like oh he probably stole around with that takedown no because it was 10 seconds left and he did nothing with it but uh anyhow yeah naimov uh if wood if wood's so good he shouldn't have kept the fight that close to begin with right right but who, who knows how much of his power bar got drained every time he got kicked in the in the jewels so we shall never know but gumby th this one didn't save your night but it made your night a lot uh a lot better with that big hit there in the hill man um all right next fight this is one with the bloody every everything down low she claims this is from bloody the fighter ass. not from us <laughs> victoria dudakova has bloody everything apparently because she has a nasty staph infection in, in her nether regions uh, that the ufc just thought was cool go ahead fight and she missed weight too which is great but she came through we had her and she came through which is kind of a shame i like Jin Fry, but this is probably the end for her or should be she lost 29 28 across the board um turned it on but but it was it was too late but definitely dudakova we weren't fans of the minus 500 line on her um i think she's could be a fade prospect going forward um, if, if she's given – oh, it depends who – obviously, it's it depends who she fights and what the line is. But um, if if uh, the bookies are going to give her minus 500 versus Junior Fry, maybe fading her in the future because she's not exactly a world beater. I was uh, really let down by her wrestling. It looked bad. Um, and, like, I, I – you know, this is somebody who was in on her. I had her by finish, which obviously she didn't get. Um and like, I, I thought she was a better prospect than she was because Jin Yu Fry is, I mean, she's really undersized at fly or uh, mm -hmm. straw weight, which is kind of, you know, why we said she's needed Adam weight for a while. And, you know, she's now, what is she like 38 or something like that? She's kind of getting up there. Um, and it's, yeah, it's sad to see her go because she's a fun fighter and like a good person and all that. But like, she's undersized and she still seemed to have a strength and wrestling advantage on Dudakova. So yeah, it certainly gives you know, some alarm bells for the future. I'm, I might be less on Dudikova than I was uh, in this one. We had Fry fired before, I think, when she went 0-3. So 
maybe she'll survive. I doubt it, but maybe now she's on for it. And in the opener, Gumby got the jump on me here. Shara Magomedov or Shara Bullet came through in his debut against Bruno Silva, 30 27 across the board. Um, definitely, he's going to Magomedov definitely holes in his game. Um, like if he's getting taken down by a Brazilian uh kickboxer, you got some holes in your game, not just taken down, but but uh, controlled a bit on the ground. But uh, boy, he, he's gonna be a fun fighter going forward. Um, he, he should pay attention to the awe at the end of his name and, and get some get some wrestling added in there. But uh, a fun striker, a crazy looking wild man. Gummy had him at minus 250. Yeah, I, I'm worried about the takedown defense big time. Uh, it because he is so fun and he was even fun off of his back. But, like, would he be that right. fun off of his back against somebody who's more well-versed in what they're doing on the ground, who has some, like, posture and, and you know, good ground and pound and stuff like that? Because Bruno Silva doesn't have any of those things. So, like, uh, yeah, I, I would worry a little bit about him moving forward. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the win on, on Shara Bullet. Oh, no, Shara Bullet was my lock of the week, correct? Not Sidener Mega Uh No. It was, Char- no. it was Shara Bullet. No, it was Nermega Madoff. You were right. No, it was Nermega Madoff. I have written down. Maybe it was. Sure. Regardless, it you, it, it's a better it's a better line. We'll we'll give you that. It's a better line. So um, okay, okay, cool. all right. <laughs> Seven and four for me down one hundred thirty bucks. Six and five Gumby down forty three because he hit the big cheater uh, plus two seventy line. So he I'm at sixty percent hit rate. Gumby's at fifty six. As for the return on investment, I'm at minus four point nine percent. You're at minus five point three. So oh, ever so close, Gumby. Uh, we both hit our locks, Nwagamedov or Magomedov, one of the Ovs. They, they both won. And I had Peak, and then we we missed on our other fancy picks. Azatar, Elliot, Nwagamedov, knockout, Peak, knockout. And then the parlay, both ends of the parlay, crapped out. Azatar, knockout, Dudakova inside the distance. Boo. I, to Basically, be fair, I didn't we, know she had a bloody ass. It's true. It is very true. <laughs> um, no fight of the night. We have bonuses going to four fighters for performance of the night. Islam Makashev, Ikram Aliskarov, Syed Nurmagomedov, Muhammad Mokayev. Um, all right. No UFC this coming week, is there? Boo. November the 4th, they're back. In yeah. Sao Paulo. So no no pockets this coming week then, right? No, we've got uh so I I've got the I've got the queued up for you guys. We got uh on Monday, which is tomorrow, you're gonna hear us break down all six fights on an Invicta card from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh following that, we will be breaking down, I believe the next one we'll be breaking down on Wednesday will be Cage Warriors, uh, which takes place this weekend as well. I think that one's in Rome, if I'm not mistaken. And then on Thursday, we'll be breaking down LFA, which has got a surprisingly good card. Um, uh, headlined by a, a pretty good fighter who I actually got a chance to talk to on Top Turtle MMA podcast this week. So make sure you tune into that. There you go. Tune into Top Turtle for sure. And tune into the, our next three podcasts. Regional MMA, Gumby makes some good money off of that and helps everyone else do it as well. So that's our next episode. We'll be Invicta as Gumby said, and we'll recap how the regional actually, actually one of the regional events has not occurred yet on the weekend, but we, we talk a little bit about um, what went down this past weekend, non UFC. Uh, if you want to discuss more with us, sports slash discord is the place to be Twitter S G P N M M A Gumby Vreeland, Jeff Fox writer, uh, I'm also Jeff Fox writer on Instagram. I got a Substack, moneymma.substack.com. 
get in there, enter my weekly pick em contest for free, get all my writing and podcasts and all that stuff in your ear holes as well. And we told you about Top Turtle. Make sure you listen to Gumby's other podcast, minus me. And sportsgumbypodcast.com is the place to be. And sportsgumbypodcast.com slash Patreon to help us crush corporate gambling. We shall be back tomorrow in your ear holes with Invicta, which shall be fun. It'll be Bullet, Jeff Fox, Hillman, Gumby Vreeland. We shall talk to you then. Bye-bye.